We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I'm Chanae Ogwumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. This week's episode is sponsored by Indeed and Bet Online. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for the Blue Wire Network. And joining me is my co host, former NFL defensive back. He's devastated, Eric Crocker. Why are you devastated, bro? And, you know, you, you go on Twitter and you know, Twitter is kind of like, it is like an angry place, especially now with like the election and stuff going on. But it's like my happy place, man. Like I see so much stuff that just makes me laugh. Like, just <laughs> makes me laugh. And I went to Twitter to get a good laugh and I got the opposite of that, man. Like I got the news that not only is Kendrick Bourne sitting out, but- Why is Kendrick Bourne sitting out? Tested positive for the Rona. <laughs> got it. <laughs> Somebody, somebody, no, I guess this is funny. Somebody said, well, finally he caught something. And it's like, come on, man. My guy just had eight catches for like 80-something yards last game. Come on, man. Stole my guy out. Right, yeah. Yeah, that's stupid. That was a bad yeah. joke. Whoever made uh, that joke, you should feel bad. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man. So so not only did he test positive uh, for coronavirus, COVID-19, but be, because guys were in close proximity with him, they too have been put on uh, the protocol. Even though I don't think they tested positive for coronavirus, but uh, Debo Samuel, I believe, Trent Williams, and Brandon Ayuk. That's tough, man. <laughs> so, 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 so I see that, and I'm like, wait a minute, okay? Because I was already thinking, like, damn, okay, Ayuk, like, who the hell is the other receiver? Like, that's what I was thinking already, like. 
uh, is it gonna be like I'm thinking like I'm thinking hard too. Like, who is the other receiver? I, I see now that Richie James is available. But um, and then I saw Ayuk was out, and I'm like, God damn, like <laughs> that's just terrible. Like, it's not even gonna be fun to watch it. But obviously, I'm gonna watch it. Like, I, I don't miss a down when the 49ers are playing. But it's just like, what what am I watching? Like, this isn't the 49ers. Like, who is this? Matt Burrows put out a, a like, basically his, like, projection of what the starting lineup was going to be. I'm like, who the fuck? Like, who is this? <laughs> Let me see. Let me go find it. I love Matt Barrows. Oh, man. my gosh. Okay. Wow. Here it is. Here's what Crocker's referring to. The likely starting offense for the 49ers on – or tomorrow. Well, for you guys, it'll be today, on Thursday, for Thursday Night Football, on Thursday. Quarterback, Nick Mullins. Running back, Jarek McKinnon slash Jermichael Hasty. Tight end. Ross Dwelly, fullback, Kyle Juszczyk, left tackle, Justin School, left guard, Lincoln Tomlinson, center, Hronis Grasu, right guard, Daniel Brunskill, right tackle, Mike McGlinchey, wide receiver one, Richie James, wide receiver two, Trent Taylor. And let me see, how many of those are backups? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven out of the 11 players on the 49ers starting offense tomorrow will be backups. It'll be a preseason game, but it'll be in the middle of the season. Well, not and, just and the other teams but... will have good players. <laughs> right. And, and they have some guys on on, on uh, the coronavirus uh, little holdout they list do. as well. They, they, do. they are down to like their third and fourth or fourth and fifth running backs and stuff like that. So it's hitting them. But at least you still have Aaron Rodgers and you have Devontae Adams. So it's like as long as you have those two guys, that's all they use anyways. Like they throw the ball to Devontae Adams every play. Like so it doesn't even matter <laughs> like if nobody else is playing. Like when it comes to the 49ers, it's like not only are you missing your starting quarterback, who yeah, not playing well, but it's still your starting quarterback. Um, you're better with him than without him, as uh, Kyle Shanahan said the other day. But you're missing your running back. You're really missing all your skill position starters. Like when you said like there's seven starters, it was just for the most part just the offensive line. Right. right I mean, yeah. the, the guys One, that you said were starters, two, like it's the three, offensive line. Yeah. I mean, outside three of them of, are the like, offensive training. line, and you got the fullback. Yeah. No, yeah, one, two. Oh, we got the fullback, but yeah, so damn. So say say 49ers come out in eleven personnel, one back, one tight end, right? How many starters are there now? <laughs> uh one back, one tight end. Because I'm assuming backup tight end, backup running back, backup quarterback, backup receivers at every spot. Um, backup, yeah, backup center, backup left tackle. Left tackle. So what is it? Three starters? Yeah. So you'd have you have Mike McGlinchey, Daniel Brunskill, and Lincoln Tomlinson. Oh my goodness. I mean, like, this is just, even... all you can do is, and this is going to be the title of, of this episode too. All you can do is laugh. Like it's just, <laughs> it's brutal at this point. Like. I don't think this has to go down. I mean, in some sort of history as the most injury ravaged team ever. Well, it's one thing to just be injured, which they are terribly injured. But to add to that, you know, just the, you know, coronavirus and guys having to sit out. I mean, it's just, I've never seen a season like this, like just from a coronavirus standpoint, but even from an injury standpoint, like I've never seen just so many key pivotal guys down. And I think that's the one thing, and you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's been a hot topic since he's gotten with the 49ers. There have been a lot of mixed emotions, but one thing that you're starting to see is, dude, you miss too many games. And when you look at other guys around the league, because there are, like I said about the Green Bay Packers, they're missing guys, but they still got their quarterback. Well, the 49ers don't have theirs. So who's supposed to make this better, right? Who's supposed to pick up the 49ers when it's like, damn, everything around this is falling apart. Count on me to pull you through. Nick Mullins? Daniel Brunskill, baby. <laughs> you know, so like, that's another thing with Jimmy Garoppolo where now we're starting to see like, dude, can you stay healthy? Because quarterbacks don't really miss a lot of games. They don't. Even I bet if you look at like Carson Wentz, he has missed like some games kind of late in the year. And then, you know, obviously like a couple of playoff games or whatever, but like not not whatever, like that's not a big deal. But 
I don't think throughout his career he's just missed like as many games as Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, Jimmy started off in in New England, uh, got hurt in the second game, came to the 49ers, played five games, got hurt in the third game, um, you know, played an entire season, and then now this year he's been hurt two times. And it's like, dude, like if we can't like, yeah, you're making a lot of money. And we can't like we can't count on you to play well all the time. And when I say play well all the time, I mean at least just look like you, right? It's like sometimes he looks like Jimmy Garoppolo, sometimes he looks like Giovanni Car- Carmazzi or whatever his name was. Like, Ooh. yeah, I had to dig deep for that one. I know I said his name hella wrong, but um, you know who I'm talking about. Like, you know, like it's like we don't know which Garoppolo we're gonna get ever. Like, I have to give him, not like he sees it, but. I give him a pep talk before games, like, all right, Jimmy, like, let's get let's have a good game. <laughs> like, that's me, like, just what, you're like, looking at yourself in the mirror talking to Jimmy. Yeah, that's me trying to like <laughs> psych myself out that like he's gonna play well, and some like he does, like he will play well. But I just think like it's just far too inconsistent. And I think at this point, it's like Jimmy, like, what the hell? Like, not only are you inconsistent as a football player or quarterback, but you, we, we can't even count on you to play. So it's like I'm 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 really and I don't want to sound like just like this angry, bitter 49er fan, but I appreciate Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he did a lot of good things last year. I think he's doing, done a lot of really good things since he's been here. 49ers were in a really dark place, but I'm I think I'm over him. Oh man, you're you know, you're only over him because you watched Zach Wilson. <laughs> well, I mean, not just I I just I just know who he is now. And no, no, I for, know, I know. But I started know, for, watching Zach Wilson too, and I was like, damn. <laughs> but like for a long time, I think the thing with Jimmy Garoppolo was just like what it what it could be, right? Like you see him, damn, like I think he's even gonna be better than this. Like he's gonna like he is just five games. Look at him, like imagine what he's gonna do with a full season. Then he gets right. hurt and it's like, okay, then he comes back and I'm like, oh ACL, okay. And then he starts, you know, playing. Oh man, you see some high moments, see some low moments, but it's kind of inconsistent. So you're like, oh, who is he? I'm not quite sure, but I know it's it's fine. But even then, you went into this year thinking he's going to be even better. He's a year removed from, you know, a full year removed from the injury, and um, you know, or two years removed from that ACL injury, or however long it's been. He's going to be even better. He's going to take total command of this offense now, and now we're going to see that big jump, and we just didn't. So I, nope. I, you know, I think I'm at the point now where I'm like, well, I, I think I know who he is. He's inconsistent. Can't count on him to stay healthy. I think he's he's fine. You are better with him, as Kyle Shanahan alluded to. But I I don't know if he is the guy long term. And if you're paying him twenty seven million dollars like a year, and you still don't know if you, he's the guy long term, I think that's your answer. He's not the guy long term. So. I, I've seen a lot of people, and I wasn't even supposed to make this podcast about Jimmy Garoppolo, but it's just like, I know, you know, but dude, you do your thing, man. This is this is it's it's all you, bro. Yeah, you know, I've seen some people like, well, how do you do better than him? And it's like, well, you you just draft somebody with a lot of talent, and you build an offense around them. Forty Nine have a ton of talent, like they have a ton of receivers. I mean, outside of COVID and everything that's going on, but they have a ton of weapons, tight end, everything. I saw the Dallas Cowboys do it. I saw them insert uh, Dak Prescott into an offense with a good offensive line, weapons around him, and they won 13 games. Really, they should have won 14 games, but they sat everybody in that last game against the Eagles. Like, it can be done. You just have to put a guy into a good that, – that's, that, that's the main thing that everybody talks about, right? Like, oh, this quarterback was drafted into a terrible situation. Oh, it's not it's not fair to, you know, gauge him on this. And look at uh, uh, Sam Darnold and, oh, terrible. No, no, no. Well, the 49ers don't have that issue when they're healthy. Like, right. they have – one of the more talented rosters in the league. So, yeah, I think I'm done with Jimmy Garoppolo. I appreciate the good times, but uh, it's time to kind of figure out. Damn, you know, so this is this is this is your uh, this is your eulogy for for your for Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers, huh? Yeah, I, I've seen yeah. I've seen this enough. You, of, this is you signing off. Yeah, I've seen enough of like I, I know what he is, and I'm not saying it's bad. Like now. If you just can't move up in the draft and you can't, you know, you can't trade up, because that's my thing. Everybody's like, well, 49ers won't be picking that high. Well, trade up. Like, teams will trade you. Like, you know what I'm saying? The Miami Dolphins are going to have a really high pick, and they don't need a quarterback. So, 
Because you know they, you know the Miami Dolphins have a Houston Texans draft pick, and the Texans have like what one win right now. Can you hear me? Oh, I can hear you. That's my bad. I'm oh, okay. muting myself. I pulled a, oh, I pulled a crocker and I'm muting myself. I know my bad. Um, the the Texans have like the third or fourth overall pick. You don't think 49ers can give up a bunch of draft capital to um, move up to take that Dolphins pick that used to be the Texans pick? But, like, there is opportunity for the 49ers to trade up and get a really talented quarterback. You go get you a quarterback that has a higher ceiling, right? Because that, that's what we're looking at. Like, you want to get somebody that has a higher ceiling than what Jimmy Garoppolo has, take this offense to higher heights. And then we can talk about the whole West Coast offense and all that. But, ah, man, the damn uh, – Atlanta Falcons, they were airing that hole out. Atlanta <laughs> Falcons were throwing the ball downfield. Like, they were throwing the ball downfield. Remember when they, they lost in the Super Bowl and um, Matt Ryan got hit and fumbled? What were they doing? Like, they were taking a shot to somebody that was wide open. He threw the ball downfield several times that game, whether it was to little turbo guy, um, you know, whoever else they had our receiver, and then Julio Jones, like they're throwing the ball downfield. So I, I, little turbo guy, you're talking about like Taylor Gabriel? Ta- yeah, Taylor Ga- Gabriel. <laughs> little turbo Tur- guy, I'm like, yeah, that's his nickname. Taylor like Gabriel? Turbo, turbo uh, Gabriel. I but, like it. Um, that's pretty funny. But yeah, I, I, I'm just, you know, I listen to Steve Young, and I'm like, God damn, Steve Young, you're always right. And it's just like, yeah, it's just, I, I think I'm over it. I appreciate Steve it. Steve Young is a smart dude. Yeah, well, not only is he smart, he's pretty like he's pretty logical. Like I've been listening to him the whole time throughout this whole Jimmy Garoppolo tenure, and him saying kind of what's wrong, and then I also listen to Jeff Garcia and him say what's wrong, and it's just like, yeah, like it, it, it it's time, it's time. So um, time. I don't even know yeah. how I got on that rant. I think it's totally because I'm just like here. Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo is not available, and it's just like you know who who's supposed to pick the 49ers up. I guess we got to count on Nick Mullen. And your Brunsko, baby. Or, or M. Brunsko. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I think he's the one. But, no, I get, I get what you're saying, man. And, it's, and, it, and, it, and it is true. You know, you, somebody's got to be got to be the cornerstone. Somebody's going to be reliable. And, and Jimmy's missed a lot of time. You know, he's missed a lot of time. And that's just the way it is. I wouldn't necessarily blame him for it. I think the 49ers have, are among the, the league leaders in, in giving up quarterback hits. This year, but at the same time, like it is what it is. But it's interesting that I think you're you're finally at that point. I would say I do agree. I do agree that we're kind of at that point where where the 49ers would probably benefit more from moving on from Jimmy Garoppolo than than sticking with him. But at the same time, I, I would not be surprised if if they, you know, found or if they felt like they needed to stick with him or they felt like they needed to stick with him for one more year while they groomed somebody else. I, I don't know. There's a million different scenarios, or not a million, but a lot of different scenarios there that, that can come to play that would involve Jimmy Garoppolo still staying on the team. But I do feel like, especially with that salary number, it's just, they're just at a point where, you know, it, it's, it's probably about that time when you just read the writing on the wall and everything that's kind of, kind of happened, but you know, I think I think Crocker kind of touched on that enough, but I, I do feel like so since we just to recap, okay, and I'm not trying to rub dirt in the wound or anything, but since the 49ers lost 37 to 27 against the Seahawks, played a horrible game as well. Jimmy Garoppolo re-injured his high ankle sprain, re-aggravated in his high ankle sprain, and is supposed to miss roughly six weeks. Probably this season. There's no, I, I just don't, I don't know why the 49ers would feel like they needed to bring him back. Unless for some reason he's just doing amazing, but that's just, just my take. George Kittle fractured his foot. It is not a Jones fracture, I think it's called. It's not, it's not a Jones fracture. It's a different bone. So I, I saw on Twitter from a medical personnel that they would expect Kittle to be in like a boot for four to six weeks, somewhere in there. And then it'll just be light physical activity to slowly work his way back up. So he's out for the rest of the season. And then they also traded linebacker Quan Alexander uh, to the Saints for Kiko Alonso and a conditional fifth round pick, which was more about getting Alexander's salary off the books than it was anything else, which is unfortunate. 
because like we talked about last pod, Quan brings, brings a certain energy or brought a certain energy to the team. And now that's obviously no longer the case. And then in addition to the list, like Crocker said, Kendrick Bourne tested positive for COVID. And immediately my reaction was, okay, so remove him from the list of 49ers wideouts. But he is he was among the 49ers wideouts. So how many of these receivers are going to be listed as a close contact and pulled out of the game? And sure enough, Brandon, I, the news about Brandon Ayuk rolled. It's technically it's Debo Samuel too, but Debo Samuel was always gonna already gonna miss the game with a hamstring. So, but it was Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and Trent Williams. Apparently, Kendrick Bourne hangs out with Trent Williams. So. Trent Williams has to miss, miss the game too. Those guys, if they never test positive for the coronavirus, then they have to miss five days. Basically, they're 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 using those five days as a as a, a buffer for the incubation period. That maybe they already have it, but it hasn't popped up enough to um, test positive. Stuff like that. So they have those guys have five days. So no matter what, they are missing tomorrow or excuse me Thursday's game against the Packers. And the 49ers' one and only healthy receiver is Trent Taylor. And I, I expect Richie James to be available, but he is uh, he's questionable with an ankle injury. And he, and he would, didn't play in last week's game. So, you know, you can say he's available, but he sort of isn't available. So the 49ers only have one healthy receiver right now, and that's Trent Taylor. They do have – I tweeted this. I got to go to my tweet. I thought I had it in my notes. I didn't have it in my notes. Um, they do have River Craycraft, Chris Fink, and Kevin White on the practice squad. All of them are healthy. Uh, River Craycraft, they just uh, uh, promoted last game. Uh, I don't even think he had a catch, but he was there. Um, so they'll probably do that with him again. They can promote Kevin White, but since they've already promoted him to the active roster twice, if they promote him one more time, uh, he has to stay on the active roster. Otherwise, if they want him off the active roster, they have to cut him, let him clear waivers, and then put him back on the practice squad. Is Are the 49ers worried about Kevin White clearing waivers? Probably not. You know, if they feel like they need him for the roster and they don't want to keep him there, then that's what they'll do. But, you know, interesting. It's interesting. So, I mean, let's get a let's let's get a quick word in from our sponsors. Let's do that. And then when we come back, Crocker and I will at least talk about the 49ers and Packers game as if it were a semi-normal football game and kind of what the 49ers need to do to to get a win. So, we'll 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 hit up our sponsors and then we'll talk about that when we come right back. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsor jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire that you need, just like they have for over three million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates are going to see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer is valid through December 31st. And as always, we've got Bet Online. Football's back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads, totals, team, player, coaching props, Bet Online gives you the most options to wager than anywhere else. 
You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E. BetOnline is your online sportsbook experts. Oh, all right, Crocker. So let's just imagine that this is a, a normal football game. I mean, I guess once the clock starts, it is. But if, if you know, what do the four what 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 do the 49ers have to do? What is your first, you know, your first thoughts when it comes to stopping the the Packers? Uh, stopping the Packers. Um You have to do something to not let Devontae Adams just have his way. And for the most part, that's what's kind of been happening lately. Now, as far as just, you know, my overall kind of outlook at the game, I think, excuse me, I think the 49ers have to figure out a way to control the clock, um, run the ball wheel. I just watched Devin Cook kind of go crazy on the Packers. And the 49ers are definitely going to have to lead on their backs. And, you know, you leaning on the back, leaning on the backs kind of, you know, takes a little bit of pressure off Nick Mullins, um, you know, take a little pressure off the defense. 49ers kind of jump out to a lead if they can drive down and get a lead early. I think from there you kind of, everybody relaxes and you kind of just control the game from that standpoint. You, you, you can't turn the ball over. I, I think that would be the number one key. Uh, Mullins has to play as mistake-free as possible because the more you turn the ball over, obviously the more you give Aaron Rodgers opportunities to beat you. And this is not last year's defense where you have, you know, Nick Bosa and Nick Ford and all these other guys to get after him. You're missing those guys. So the best thing you can do, play ball control on offense, keep um, and limit the opportunities that Aaron Rodgers has. Right. Yeah. To me, it was just, you know, going into that Seahawks game, it was all about making sure that Tyler Lockett didn't do what he did the week previously and go for over 200 yards. And I think it was three or four touchdowns or something ridiculous like that. But then, sure, Tyler Lockett didn't do that. But then DK Metcalf did. So, you know, it was thankfully for the Seahawks, they had two guys capable of kind of taking over like that, you know, as one of the better receiving cores in the league. But for the most part, the Packers is Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Now, normally you would add Aaron Jones in there, but he's questionable. And I know that it, it, was, it was, for the most part, pretty pessimistic as far as his outlook towards playing uh, to, on Thursday. Uh, but we'll see. You know, he could be back there. And he's a very dynamic runner. Uh, and, and, you know, Aaron Rodgers has no problem throwing the ball to him, too. So, but for the most part, and you know, Robert Tanyan, their tight end, is kind of it's kind of picking things up. He's starting to look pretty decent. Um, but for the most part, like you said, we mentioned this in a, in a podcast a few episodes ago. There probably isn't a better quarterback wide receiver tandem as far as chemistry and effectiveness goes than Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. So, I mean, it's it really just all comes down to them. That is, even it might not be their only way of producing yards. But it, it sure as hell is their best way of producing yards. So, you know, it, it all starts with them. And, and it, if you know, if you're flipping the sides and you're going onto the offense, Croc was hit the nail on the head there too. You just got to be able to run the ball. And, and, and I mean, I, I want to I, – let me go look it up because Dalvin Cook just absolutely destroyed uh, the Packers last week. And it wasn't – it, it's not like the 49ers have a Dalvin Cook in their backfield, but it's still, you know, will it's an indicator of how vulnerable the Packers are on the ground. And they are. Their defense has not been good uh, this year. So Dalvin Cook had 30 carries for 163 yards and three touchdowns. Like, that is brutal. You know, the, it's, it, the yardage is, also, is obviously impressive. But to give a guy 30 carries... And just like pound the ball, like 
ruthlessly. Like, that is so demoralizing for a defense. The 49ers did it to the Vikings last year in the playoffs. You know, there was that one drive where the 40, excuse me, the 49ers picked off Kirk Cousins. I think it was Richard Sherman. And then they just ran the ball with Tevin Coleman like eight consecutive times for like 40 yards and into the end zone. And so, I mean, that that has to be what the 49ers do. I mean, sure, you can put a little bit on Nick Mullen's plate, but who's he throwing to? He doesn't have, he, you know, he doesn't have Brandon Ayuk. He doesn't have Debo Samuel. Uh, Rich James might be out there. Trent Taylor might be out there. But, I mean, you can make your own judgments on how much that worth that's worth. There may be a slight chance that the 49ers activate Jordan Reed, you know, but that'll only happen if it's really meant to happen. They're not going to rush him back out there. Uh, you know, then you got Ross Dwelly, who's taking Kittle's spot, which, I mean, that's not comparable. So, I mean, obviously the 49ers are going to have to throw the ball, but it's all going to come down to their ability to rush. And that's going to come down to a combination of Jarek McKinnon and Jamichael Hasty. Now, I know the, that Shanahan did say that there was a chance that they would activate. Uh, I can't remember his name. The guy, the guy in the running back that's a practice squad, I'm going to it right now. Uh, I should know it. But For the 49ers? I'm, I'm, yeah. Walter? Yeah. yeah. There you go. There's Austin Walter. So, I am excited you know, to see Jennings. Who? Jennings. Uh, the, the 49ers. Juan Jennings, the receiver? Yeah. yeah he's, he's on the he's, practice squad and he's injured. I could have just, I just swear I just saw that he was available. No, he, well, I mean, right now on the 49ers roster, he is listed as practice squad injured, meaning he's a player that's on the practice squad that suffered a, a significant enough injury to, to remain on the injured list. Now, I don't know if, if he's been practicing because the 49ers don't have to list practice squad players on their injury report. But, I mean, I, I you know, that's another person that they – they could activate if if he's healthy, you know. But I don't. I just don't know what. I don't. I don't know what his injury was, is, and how significant it is. So yeah, they said you know it, it's he's on practice squad IR. So I don't know uh, what that injury specifically is, but I, I I don't think he'll be available. Yeah, now everything I'm saying right now is he's on IR. So right. So I mean, like. <sighs> It doesn't get any better. It doesn't get any better. So, so what? What do you? Okay, I, I mean, just to kind of take some positive positives away from this, um, I am looking forward to seeing a couple players. Unfortunately, they're just not 49ers players. But Jair Alexander, <laughs> he's playing extremely well this year, and I love everything about Alexander and and how he competes. I'm looking forward to watching Jair Alexander. <laughs> You know, I don't know. Do you pick, like, guys from other teams? Like, you know what? I'm excited to watch this guy. Like, last week, it was scary, but I was excited to watch DK Metcalf, you know? Um, well, and you, uh, you you got what you were looking for. No, I mean, I I <laughs> got what I expected. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, if you were excited to watch DK Metcalf, then he put on yeah. a show. Um, but, um, and then I do want to see, um, I am excited to see how Jason Verrett, you know, competes with Devontae Adams. Now, here's a, here's the question battle. for you. Here's a question for you on that, Croc. Should the 49ers have Jason Verrett of J- Jason Verrett? What a horrible pronunciation of a name. Should Jason Verrett travel with Devontae Adams? I mean, like, ideally I would say yes, but they just don't play enough man to, to do that. So I mean, they, they could. If they wanted to. Well, yeah, they could, but they just But don't. they don't, historically, is what you're saying. And I remember last year, I kept thinking, like, oh, 49ers should do some, like, matching up guys, and you could put Sherman on this guy and this guy on this guy, and they just didn't. And one, <laughs> I've seen it enough to where I just know, like, I'm not even going to think that way. They just don't do it. So um, I'm excited to see it when that matchup does happen, but I don't think it's going to be something that happens too often. Now, if you look at, like, the Detroit Lions – they drafted Jeffrey, including number three overall. You bet your tootie he was guarding Devontae <laughs> Adams. You know, outside, left side, right side, in the slot. Now, it got a little ugly at times, but, you know, it, it, you know he was competing. Uh, 49ers, they, they just don't do that, man. 
Right. No, I mean, you can tell that the 49ers and Robert Sala are like, this is our scheme. It works. We're going to stick to it. You know, that's why Brian Allen got absolutely obliterated because, uh, I mean, it, it was obviously neither Jason Brett or Manuel Mosley are Brian Allen, but that's why they he got obliterated because the 49ers were like, yeah, we, we this is our scheme. We're going to stick to it. It'll, it'll work out. And then, boom, the Dolphins were like, what's up? So I do, yeah, I, I do think you're right in the fact that I, I don't see them allowing Jason Barrett to travel. But at the same time, it's like it would be cool to see to see that matchup because man, Jason Barrett is, I mean, he's he's continuing to play well, and and it's been awesome to watch. Now Emmanuel Mosley is a good corner, but obviously DK Metcalf kind of had his way with him. Would you ex- if if Devon, I mean, you you can you, we kind of have no choice to expect Devonte Adams to do the same thing to him. Right. Yeah. It's Devontae it just looks Adams. I think it's, you know, the weird thing is, is like in theory, Devonte Adams isn't a burner. So you would think like, Oh no, this is a better matchup for the 49ers receivers. Which, I mean, cornerbacks, which it is, but he's so nuanced, like with his route running, with how he sets up defensive backs and then his quarterback always putting the ball on the money and they're just always on the right page. I mean, it's 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 just as bad. <laughs> like it's just as bad as going up against DK. Uh so yeah, mostly because the skill set matches up better with Devontae Adams, I would expect him to do better and compete more, but just Adams just he's just so good. And we <laughs> were talking about it. I mean, we said it last week that, you know, is that the best quarterback receiver tandem in the league like you know and they're playing at that high of a level and it seems like every single week so and then the 49ers for whatever reason they don't do any like bracket coverage on guys that are just killing them which I don't understand that but they better do something because Adams man I mean he wins all over outside in the slot vertically underneath back shoulder I mean he he just does it all man it's just it's I mean I don't want to no one want, no one really cares but it's uh, i've said this to you before i just think it's so cool to see how good devonte adams has become because you know i watched him for his two years at fresno state with Derek carr and they just dude they just dominated people like there were just some plays where Derek carr would throw the ball like he would do like a three step drop and just chuck the ball into the air and devonte adams would seem like he was like 20 yards away from it and like just like this, like this weird ass football mathematical equation, Devontae Adams would keep moving this way, and the football would start coming down, and boom! Like, and they they would just do that all the time, and Devontae Adams would just moss the shit out of people, and like, dude, he just get so open, and you know, he was even when he was coming out of college, like obviously he was good, he was drafted in the second round, but I know a lot of his criticisms were, you know, he's a little slow and he's a little raw and. You know, but, you know, and obviously he comes from a, a from Fresno State, so he's not one of the bigger divisions, but dude just comes into the NFL. They had some good receivers you, at that time. Right. So they all, did. All my little homies, all my little Stockton homies. So they had, <laughs> they had Jalen Saunders. Yep. Um, he ended up transferring to Oklahoma, but, um, and like he, he didn't have to transfer to Oklahoma. I mean, he was a thousand yard receiver at Fresno State, but he ended up transferring to um, Oklahoma and, and doing well there. They had Josh Harper, my little homie. I right. I say I like Josh game. Harper's game too. Yeah, Josh Smooth. He actually broke like all of like Devontae Adams' records. But yeah, yeah I Josh, think he did it the next year, didn't he? Yeah, or yeah, yep. So yeah, Josh Harper. And then you had um Isaiah, Isaiah Burst. Burst. Yep. yep. My little homie Isaiah. You know, and they're all from the two. I didn't know you knew all these guys. Yeah, man. I know all these dudes. I know all of them. Like, and I know Did you ever go to a Fresno State game and watch them? No, nah, I didn't. I, I was probably oh, you're, ball. you're a real piece of shit, man. I know, right? I was playing ball when, when they were uh, <laughs> playing. But, I mean, we we would work out together in the offseason and do one-on-ones and stuff like that. Like, yeah. Who was the Not hardest the one to cover? Um, Actually, you know who was really hard to cover, who used to go to those workouts to? Brandon who? Cooks. And Cook, oh, well, Cooks yeah. Cooks is a stocker guy too, isn't he? Yeah, he's talking too. But, I mean, and this one, he was younger. So, I mean, when I say younger, he was like a sophomore at, Boise, at uh, Oregon State. But, um, yeah, he was like a, a sophomore at Oregon State. They were all kind of a little young. And I just remember telling them, like, hey, dude, like, 
this was my rookie year in the AFL. I had been training and working out, getting ready for it. And I worked with a bunch of like dudes that were playing in the NFL and stuff and all that. And I was just like, hey, y'all are like nice, nice. Like y'all are better than these dudes that I, like I be going up against that are like in the league and going to these big schools and stuff. And I'm like, man, y'all keep doing what y'all doing. Like, I remember that was the first time I worked out with them, but um, they, yeah, they were, they were really, yeah, they were really good. So yeah, they were hard. But um, the other ones, they all had like little different skill sets and stuff like that. Um, but Cooks was probably the hardest out of those guys. That I mean, that makes sense. It's Brandon Cooks. Yeah. You a know. little stiff, but he was like just really quick, good in and out of his breaks and stuff like that. Oh, I remember watching uh, watching Brandon Cooks like highlights and, and, and his tape and stuff when he was coming out of college. Uh, Oregon State, right? Yeah, and I, like he was just like, dude, I was just like, this you guy. You won the Blitnikoff award, right? And it wasn't even close. Like his production was just like <laughs> unreal. Yeah, that was a, that was a really cool cool moment. Cook, Cooks is a good dude. Cooks is a good dude. Good good dude. Funny dude. Yeah, I mean he was. I mean obviously, you know. But anyways, back to back to where we were. Devonte Adams is just. And you? No, no, no. You're good, man. You're good. Uh, <laughs> Do you remember that? Like, I think it was Devontae Adams' second year where he was almost like, like, he was dropping a lot of footballs and people well, were so, like super down on him. So he struggled, like semi-struggled or whatever the first year. Now what he did was, and it kind of wasn't taken off the way that he probably wanted to. And when you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, you know, there, there's high expectations, right? For and, and he was coming to a team that already had Jordy Nelson and – Previously, I mean, when you look at the team, I think they still had Randall Cobb too at that time, right? Yeah, like Randall Cobb, and even before that, remember, I mean, they had like Donald Driver and Greg Jennings and all these guys. So, like, the expectations are really high. So, so you have Devontae Adams, who was a second round pick. So, you know, we're looking at him like, you know, how we looked at Dante Pettis, right? Like, what he's supposed to be in your offense. And when they're not producing in that way, it's like, dude, you know, what, what, what the hell? Is he good? Is he a bust? But what he did was um, he went and worked with, you know, we call him, you know, Unc, but uh, Uncle uh, Doug, Doug Williams, right? So Keith Keith Williams, Dub, we call him Coach Dub or whatever. But um, he trained with Dub, who was his receiver coach at uh, Fresno State. And um, he ended up getting with him, training, like, and really getting it in. And ever since then, he's been doing that. But that that's what ended up taking his game to the next level. And then from there, it kind of started taking off. Now, the weird thing with Devontae Adams, if you when you watch him play, you're like, man, this dude is incredible, right? Like, good. Like, is he the best receiver in the league? When you look at his numbers, year in and year out, they're kind of pedestrian. Like he might have like only one year over a thousand yards. He's missed some games, but he has a bunch, he has a couple years that are right at a thousand, like, like. 997 yards, so he's like a few yards short of a thousand. He did that like two, three times. Um, they're not like overwhelming numbers, but when you watch them, you just know how good he is, and you know how much of a problem he's going to pose for the 49ers tomorrow. Right? Yeah, he's. I mean, he just his releases, his route running, and now his hands are good. You know, it, it, it's, he's just a really, really well-rounded receiver. You know, his biggest weakness is his speed. He's not fast, but he kind of took the the Anquan Bolden route in the fact that like, okay, I may not be fast, but I'm going to be the best route, best and most nuanced route runner out of here. And that's exactly what he does. And it doesn't matter. He just gets so open because he knows how to manipulate a defender. And that's going to be on Jason Verrett and Emmanuel Mosley. Now, excuse me, the Packers watching that Seahawks film, I'm sure that they are going to try and put Devonte Adams on Emmanuel Mosley as often as they can. And it'll just be, up to Emmanuel Mosley to compete and do his thing, and you just got to understand that's life in the NFL. He's gonna have to, he's gonna have to give him, give them a reason not to throw that way. And you know, obviously in the past when the 49ers have played the Packers, they've been very, very good at one stopping the run and two getting after Aaron Rodgers. And that might not be, that won't be the case, or I can't say won't because the 49ers could come out and sack Aaron Rodgers five, six times, and then I would look like an idiot, which I'm fine with. I don't mind looking like an idiot. Um, but they just don't have the guys. Nick Bosa's not there. D Ford's not there. DeForest Buckner's not there. You know, you've got Eric Armstead. You've got Kerry Hyder, who's been good. Uh, I mean, 
and we'll see if, if Jordan Willis, how much action he gets, you know, and then you kind of have the rotation of guys along the middle, the DJ Joneses and, you know, and it's just, it's, it's not the same. So, you know, you're going to hope that the 49ers are able to win in a different way. You know, you've got Fred Warner in the middle of the defense that does his thing and and maybe they could find a way to, to still make it happen. But then you, the, the problem is, too, is it's going to be so hard for the 49ers to outpace whatever it is the Packers are capable of doing. You know, because that offense is just going to have a whole lot of nobody. Uh, you know, it's and it sucks for, for Nick Mullins, too, because I'm sure there were a lot of people, including myself, that were just excited to see what he was going to go out there and do. You know, with Brandon, you know, with with a, uh, you know, let's just say George Kittle was still healthy, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, uh, and, and whoever else to see what he can do. But, you know, he's not going to have that. So there's not really going to be any anybody out there to prop him up. So uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. Yeah. It's, it's tough to, you know, just be like, you know, super optimistic, you know, even like how we were last week going into the Seattle game. Um now, you know, it's just kind of like a depleted feeling, but, you know, I... I you just got to compete. Well, yeah, compete, but I, I'm a big believer <laughs> in Kyle Shanahan and and uh, and Robert Sala. And I, I just feel like no matter what happens, I, I do feel like they're going to have this team competitive. Even like last week, I mean, that was a one-score game going into halftime. And then they scored right. out of halftime, then you had the Dante Pettis fumble, and it kind of got away from it there, but... Really good oh, and yeah, that we haven't talked about that on the pod. They cut Dante Pettis. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we even, he's gone. We yeah. haven't talked about that. And he signed with uh, – he was claimed off waivers uh, by the New York Giants. So. Right. Yep. Yep. I like so that he went from – for him, a team that, you know, they do throw the ball deep. I, I think that's going to be a really good spot for him, seriously. I mean, if he can figure out, you know, whatever's going on in, the, in his head, um, and kind of like get down the control. A fresh start. I've been knowing that a fresh start would be really good for him. If he can just get out of his own way um, in, in that manner. I mean, I think I, I think he can have a, a solid well, NFL career. What's interesting too is apparently Golden Tate's not very happy there and they just straight up told him not to come to practice today. <laughs> yeah, I saw so, that. I mean, I don't well, know if they're going to. Joe Judge, man, he ain't taking no shit. No, why, why would you? You know, like, you know, they could cut him. You know, maybe they will. Maybe. I mean, you don't you don't let a guy hang out like that. And especially when you got like a second year quarterback like Daniel Jones that you're kind of trying to, to, to develop like you don't really need someone like that in his ear, you know, like just bitching and moaning, complaining, yelling at him to throw him the ball. Like I'm just very I'm positive that Daniel Jones has a lot coming his way. And the team just might not feel like they want a guy in there like that. So, you know, you know, even though Daniel Jones is not the greatest, he does sling it. He does like to throw the ball around. And Dante Pettis will be going into New York with a clean slate and, you know, a new opportunity. And and you were posting some clips today, and I posted some uh, some tweets yesterday just saying, like, look, we have seen Dante Pettis' talent. Now, we don't know what else is going on. We also saw him struggle. Uh, especially during that offseason. But, you know, we'll see if, if the Giants can get him out there and, you know, him, Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, Evan Ingram. You know, it's it's a decent little offense, especially if they still had uh, Saquon Barkley. That'd be pretty brutal. But um, we'll see what he can do. We'll see, we'll see what he can do. I mean, I'm not – I have no reason to dislike the guy. I know a lot of fans are just were just, like, so happy that the 49ers cut him. But, I, you know, I would like to see him catch on and, and at least, you know, make some plays. Make some plays. But, I mean, that's it. You got any? Uh, got any last words there, uh, there, Crocker? No, I mean, I just, uh, you know, I, I, for whatever reason, I'm still going to be excited to watch the game. I might not have those nerves that I usually have. You know, I can't even eat during games, which is weird. Like during when the 49ers are playing, like I get so like, like amped up and like ready to watch them, and. When it's games like this, you're going into it, and it's just so like, golly, man, like I probably won't have that feeling. But I do expect to see them compete, and, and that's the one thing that I'll be looking for. Um, you know, the, I, I I have faith in the coaching staff that they're going to have whoever is on the field um, ready to, at the very least, compete. But it's going to be tough to, you know, outduel Aaron Rodgers um, with kind of the hand that the 49ers are playing with right now. 
Yep. I agree. Well, folks, try to get up for the game. <laughs> you know, like, hopefully you guys can still enjoy it. Hopefully the 49ers are still able to put, you know, some sort of product onto the field that, that can compete with the Packers. Uh, we'll, we'll see. It's tomorrow. Well, at least when we're recording and it's tomorrow. By the time you guys are hearing this, it should be Thursday morning. And, uh, and you will be hearing from us again after the game. Maybe a little short because – uh, Crocker's two out ahead of me. So we'll get on there. We'll, we'll record our reactions to the 49ers uh, versus the Packers, no matter which way that goes. And then uh, then you'll hear from us again on, on Friday morning. So um, like I said, try to enjoy it. But as always, we appreciate you guys being here. Appreciate you guys listening to the pod. Um, appreciate all the love we get on, on Twitter and stuff. You guys have started to get really good about always just like leaving us comments about the episodes and stuff like that. Because I, I appreciate reading that stuff. It's, it's cool. Um, so, yeah. Appreciate you guys. Keep it up. Uh, but for another uh, for another day, this is Striking Gold signing out. Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.